I'm Julian Dobbs, the Diocesan Bishop of the Anglican Diocese of the Living Word and host of this podcast. I'm so honoured and thrilled to interview this week uh, some people I'm getting to know, uh, Jesse and Leah Roberts, her husband and wife, a musician team who record and perform under the name Paul Bishop Hooper. We'll hear more about that in a moment. Music and worship is an integral part of our Christian life. We are told to greet each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. For those of us that worship, like me, in an Anglican context, we understand that worship is a daily experience. Therefore, if song is worship and worship is daily, music and singing music and engaging in worship is woven through the entire week of the believer's life. The recent COVID-19 pandemic in which we're all experiencing changes to our routine has temporarily pushed the worship of our diocese and our churches into an online format. For now, we're not able to sing together the way we once did, and we have to look for new resources to augment our Bible studies online and our prayer services. Jesse and Leah, the work and ministry of, Hall, uh, of Paul Bishop Hooper is, is new on the radar of many of us, but Jesse and Leah, your ministry has, in a sense, become part of the fabric of our Anglican Diocese of the Living Word over the last few weeks as we have discovered you. And we're especially grateful for the Every Psalm project, which we'll discuss later in this interview. So welcome to you both. Uh, great to have you on this episode today. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us and tell our listeners uh, a brief history about Paul Bishop Hooper, firstly about that, and then tell us about how you uh, both came to know Jesus. How did you find each other? And how did you find this as your, what would we call it, your, your calling, your vocation uh, in ministry? I think if, if we can, so we, we came into uh, ministering and performing as poor Bishop Hooper after we were married. Um, we're both from small towns in central Kansas. We grew up in um, churched families, uh, but I, I really came to know the Lord later, a little bit later, uh, at least at least to know him as Lord in my life um, later. And I think Leah, you're probably similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but we met at a small uh, Christian church camp in Southeast Kansas, uh, but didn't really get to know each other until a year later doing missions in Thailand um, for the summer. And it took me a while to get my head on straight, but I finally realized that this lady was something special <laughs> a few years. But uh, uh, thankfully, we were married. We've been married now for uh, almost seven years. Well, congratulations to you guys. It's fantastic. And you're, and you're living where? We live in Kansas City, Missouri currently. So tell us a little bit about your vision for, for worship and music uh, in the life of Christians. And, and where do you see Paul Bishop Hooper in the process of spiritual formation and discipleship uh, and, our, and our growth as Christians in our daily lives? I think music has a really unique ability to um, 
captivate our minds theologically when there's sound um, lyrics and emotionally with the even the feel of the melodies and the tune. Um, you know, you, I think of like Psalm 23 when David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I just picture him laying next to a stream saying these things that his heart and his, uh, he feels emotionally and theologically, his mind is captivated by the truths of the Lord. And so I think that that's where Jesse and I think that music has a really unique ability to connect our minds and our hearts um, into experiencing the Lord. Um, similarly to what you said, we see music as something that can exist in, in every minute of every day. As I'm cooking, uh, the kids are around playing and I turn on worship stuff and pretty soon I hear them humming and singing along. And it not only is edifying me, but it's trickling down to my children. And whether or not they know it right now, I believe that it's you know planting seeds in their heart that I know won't return to the Lord void, particularly when it is music that is focused on scripture in particular. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, we... We came to Kansas City uh, as uh, in a in a home church system, basically house churches, missional communities. There's a lot of different names for that kind of thing now, but um, and we love, 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 deeply love the place of prayer and worship in, in our home and living room. We do that weekly and uh, with other people as well as, like you said, all the time with our family. Uh, by the way, we have five year old twins and a two year old. Uh, uh, I see household. Yes, yes, sir. Um, but with that it's it's such a we see the beauty in both the the corporate moment the 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 moment of the holy spirit maybe taking the prayer and the song in a place that we hadn't planned as well as sitting down with the word of god and saying how can we craft this psalm if you will or like golgotha how can we how can we write the narrative of jesus from the garden to the tomb in a way that is beautiful uh in a way that captivates minds and hearts that is a, it, it, we, we understand it's a different space than something that we might all gather and sing together out loud, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, and so we love both of those. We love uh, the, and, and really see the value in, in both spaces. But yeah, being able to focus all of that, whether it's corporately sung, whether it's, uh, you know, kind of narrative driven, whether it's uh, uh, trying to pull out the lines from the Psalms as directly and as scripturally like focused as possible, as if it's rooted in the truths of God, it's good, you know? So, so uh, this podcast is called living through the word. And we are part of the Anglican diocese of the living word, where we take very seriously the word of God that's been entrusted to us and ask mm -hmm. that God, the Holy spirit come and teach us that word and equip us by his grace to live out the, the beauty and simplicity of the Word of God, and one of the things I've 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 learned about your music and what you write and how you sing it and present it as worship is that it 
it seems to me, and you said it earlier, both of you, the, the importance is to connect all that in with the Word of God. And just before we went uh, to recording of this podcast, we were talking a little bit about my days as a pastor when I lived back in New Zealand all those years ago. And, and as a musician, I'd love some of the, the music coming out in the late 90s, but the lyrics would leave me terribly concerned because I could be singing love songs to my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, there was very little scripture in some of them. Uh, the music was fantastic, uh, but I, I was I was I was somewhat nervous about what we were teaching people through the worship of the church, and and you guys have a great emphasis on on the Word of God. Um, can you just talk to me a little bit about why that's important? We we have been so blessed. We have been so uh, forgiven. We've been so cared for. We've been so provided for um, by the Lord, by Jesus, by the Spirit in our own lives. And then even I feel like since marrying Leah, um, my appreciation and my deep heart for the Bible has grown. Um, she has had a, an unbelievable practice. It's not even a habit. It's a, it's a hunger. She would read the Bible eight hours a day if, if she could, you know. And that's something that's really like spurred me on. But since being married, just watching the things of God that, that, he, that he states that he gives as gifts in his word be so very true in our lives is, has been crazy. And so the, the more it happens, the more the testimony around those things happen, the more I see, whoa, that scripture that you gave you know, thousands of years ago is, is, is true today in my life in this moment. It makes me even more want to just communicate those things in music. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's funny, we, when we started this whole Psalm thing, we, we went to Lord and said, Hey, you know, Jesus, this is a big project. <laughs> you know, I, I had those fleshly fears of, uh, what if we get 60 songs in and I run out of ideas or what if they all sound the same or what if they're, you know, no one likes them, what, you know, those kind of things. Um, and the Lord kind of calmed those and, and just continued to draw us into it. But we had just started, you know, thinking we, we are blessed to get to live in a home, do ministry for a bunch of art institute students here in Kansas City. And uh, we have our studio in that home and we record in, the, in our home. And um, I remember Leah came up in the evenings to put the kids down. A lot of times we'll go up and, and record the music. And some of the times we'll have some kind of background laid or some of the parts laid. And but Leah will just open up her Bible and we'll start looking through and praying through God. What do you want this to sound like? Which you know, some of them we can't sing every word, which, which verses should we sing? You know, just kind of ask that. And I remember she, we were a couple nights into that and she came and she said, I think we should, what about doing after this project doing, what was it? The prophets? What did uh, you want to do? Elijah? I want to do all the festivals of the Old Testament. Yeah. So she's got all these ideas. Well, we got, we got <laughs> years, you know, but it's like, how can we, we just are finding the Lord drawing us into a deep hunger uh, mm -hmm. and this with uh, firstborn our advent music and go out of the limit and stuff is how do we write um these narratives and the mm -hmm. scriptures into into beauty and like bring them into a way that is that is mm -hmm. like musically communicated uh kind of give it new voice in some way i don't know if that makes sense mm -hmm. and and the word of god is just so incredible and if we can like view it as something that fuels our life and as the more we read it the more it just becomes intriguing and mysterious and even jesse referenced our firstborn project i remember um we uh it's kind of laid out in reference with the candles that are lit during the advent season 
with the final candle being the Christ candle. And we thought, how in the world are, what do we sing for the Christ? And so we just said, let's sing through the genealogy from Abraham to Jesus. That's in Matthew 2. And we just started and it's beautiful. And even in that now, um, you know, reading through first and second Kings chronicles into all of the prophets when they talk about the kings that they were prophesying over those kingdoms in those times, um, even having sung and having a song that's like, oh yeah, and then Abraham fathered Isaac, who then, uh, and then just singing through all of them, it just, you, you kind of get this like beautiful, you don't really get it, but the mystery of what all is happening, the more you read it, just the more enticing and splendid and wonderful it becomes. And I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll put one more thing on this. I love, and this is a practical reality of, of physiology and like body mechanics and brain mechanics, the way that melody helps us memorize, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and everyone says that. And so the the thing for us is, you know, our kids, our five-year-olds can sing a whole bunch of scriptures because we sing them. And they, you know, these Psalms, like I can sing more Psalms, more scripture now from yeah. the Psalms things than I ever could. And so we're just thanking God for the project too, because I'm learning, I'm like deep, the, the scriptures are taking deep root in my heart. I'm um, being just that mechanic. Isn't that an incredible thing? I, I grew up uh, worshiping the Lord uh, in an Anglican environment uh, back in New Zealand where we sang, um, where we sang scripture. And we, we sang the Psalms. And I can remember today those Psalms uh, that uh, I sang as a chorister in a very formal setting uh, in an Anglican church in New Zealand as a little boy. Um, uh, Ray Fawn Williams' setting of uh, Psalm 84, Oh, how amiable are thy dwellings, O Lord of hosts. And I, I knew that as a, as a young boy. And I can still quote much, much of, much of that, that psalm and sing others to the tunes that, that I, I learned. In the, in the Anglican context, uh, as you know, we, we, we follow a liturgical year, a, a calendar year that our prayer book follows. Uh, and it's an important tool with regards to evangelism and commemorating festivals that uh, Leah, you've talked of, uh, and worship of Jesus as we mark his life from Advent Uh, at his birth, his passion, his uh, death on the cross, his resurrection and ascension, uh, and then moving to uh, Pentecost. Um, You've completed two projects that fit into that cycle. Uh, Firstborn, uh, which tells the story of Pentecost and the Golgotha project, uh, which will be very important to our listeners next week because you've allowed us, and we're we're very grateful uh, for this, uh, to uh, live stream uh, the Golgotha Project as a diocese in a, in a concert. We're so grateful for that. Tell us, uh, if you would, um, tell us about these concepts and these albums that you came to a little bit more and, and that, that the whole concept of using those festivals of the Bible uh, in worship. It's interesting. I was, um, I was a creative writing major in school, so I did fiction, wrote stories. Uh, and after that, very quickly realized that I'd rather play music um, and write songs. But it's interesting, there's something really beautiful, and I think this is what's happening with the firstborn stuff through Advent and the Golgotha um, experience through Lent, uh, is telling those stories 
even focusing on maybe viewpoints of biblical characters. So some of it, of course, is creative uh, as we sing from the point of view of Peter in Station 4, as we sing from the point of uh, view of the women, you know, or whatever it is. So the I think it's just there's something really beautiful in, in storytelling. Uh, and mm-hmm. those stories, you know, there's no there's no more beautiful story in, in ever than of Jesus. And people have been saying those stories and telling those stories verbally and singing those stories for, you know, since Jesus was here and even before. And we, we love the, we love the idea of partnering with the Bible, partnering with the calendar of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, Rather than, I think a lot of times it's, uh, it's easy to kind of throw out the church calendar in some traditions, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in some um, kind of forms of church these days. Uh, and that's interesting too, where I think we're seeing more people wanting to come back to that a little bit than, than even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of faithful people <laughs> for hundreds of years have, have served the church with, uh, a, a calendar and a, and a form and a rhythm. And those are important things. And so we just love to highlight the stories in those moments um, and again, just like Leah wanting to do the festivals or, um, you know, I, I think Exodus would be a beautiful, you know, 20 song project or whatever it is. And I, Lord willing, we'll get to keep doing these things. But uh, mm-hmm. how how can we just continue to tell the story in a way that, um, too, from an evangelism perspective, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot here, yeah, but uh, some people and we've seen that we've seen it time and again, shockingly more than I ever expected, will connect with the project will connect with, you know, they'll come to Golgotha and they'll leave in tears and they'll, they'll tell us they're an atheist. You know, uh, there's the, the, we've had kids come, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 10 year olds who, Oh, I, I like, I, I gave my life to Jesus tonight. And because there's something in them, you know, when you, when you tell the story with music, there's something different there. It, it like opens up a new pathway for the Lord to work. Um, and so that's another thing too, is like, let's tell these narratives and set them to music because for some reason in, in God's perfect and, and good ways, it, it does something different for different people sometimes than just hearing it or, you know, reading it or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think even when you read through the stories, you can read pretty quickly and you can sometimes disengage your mind. But when you are setting in a moment where you're hearing the music the pace of music is slower than reading. Mm. And I think that that also contributes to soaking it in a little bit more than if you're just reading through the scripture. Um, And I don't know, that's kind of depends on your state of mind. If you're really ready to read the Bible or if you feel like you're doing a task, you can read the story and forget it in a second. Um, Yeah. So how, how can people, how can people listen and watch, uh, and engage with you guys with this incredible work and ministry you're doing. Yeah. So our, um, we have, we have multiple websites, but you can go to poorbishophooper.com. Uh, that's kind of the easiest way. That's the hub for all these different projects. Um, and from there you can get to every Psalm, uh, which releases a Psalm every week. You can get to, uh, Golgotha, which is the stations of the cross based music. Uh, and then you can get to firstborn, which is our advent based um, music. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Uh, but yeah, we love engaging with folks across the board. Um, and yeah, hopefully that, 
hopefully I've made it easy enough digitally for people to access stuff. But So here's a question. Uh, you're a bishop or you're bishops because your, your name is Paul Bishop Hooper and I'm a bishop. So we're talking in a sense, bishop to bishop here. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so your performance name is intriguing to me. If I understand correctly, uh, Hooper is the 16th century Reformation martyr, John Hooper. Um, what about him inspired you as a couple? They, his martyr story, at least as it's told and written, is a really horrific one. The fire getting lit and going out and getting lit and going out and getting, you know, and he's forgiving them. And also, you know, some accounts, I think, say, you know, come on, get it over with type of thing, you know. Um, so really just um, a rough, a rough way to go out. Uh, and we had a friend who, um, so I was in a seminary situation uh, and we had a friend through that situation who uh, we got to talking about him one day and he said, oh, what, you know, that'd be a great name for Hoover. But in that, when we first started playing music here in Kansas City together, uh, I'd been in a rock band for many years and was tired of trailers and vans and, uh, you know, gear out my ears. Um, and so we, Leah picked up the upright bass and learned it in like a month. And uh, we started playing just as a duo, just a guitar and upright bass. And uh, at that point, we were playing a whole bunch of um, random places, bars, clubs, weddings, uh, downtown, like big events and stuff like that. And uh, we really wanted the name that... Uh, struck conversation that people asked about uh, not as a like a subversive Jesus poke but more of a hey we'd love to talk to you about this faithful man who gave his life for the one that we know is worth it you know um, and so uh, we've been shocked at how effective it's been uh, we even had a we got asked on the news on a live news program on Fox 4 here in Kansas City about it. And the, the guy kind of cut us off. But, uh, you know, he, oh, that's so depressing. You know, off to you, you know, cut him out. But um, just getting to share the name, uh, you know, share the name Jesus. And it's been, it's been good for that. It's been really good. You know, it's not the easiest to say sometimes. So I kick myself sometimes about that. But I'm notoriously bad at naming bands. So, so um, you must get some, some unusual questions about the name. People must say, what's the name? Who's the name? What's this about? Yeah. It's a great opportunity to have a good conversation. <laughs> so um, at the beginning of 2020, if I have my timeline right, you began one of the most ambitious musical projects that many of us have heard of. Um, the two of you began the Every Psalm Project, which we've been so incredibly grateful for because we've started an online Bible study during Lent, which I've, I've been leading and we've been looking at uh, most of the Psalms between one through eight uh, and, studying, and studying them. Uh, and each session we, we've been using at the beginning an older or a more choral setting at the Psalm. And then at the, at the end of those teachings, uh, we've been using a um, more modern uh, presentation of the Psalm. Uh, and Paul Bishop Hooper has helped us fill that second, um, that second slot of, as we've gone to the Word of God and studied uh, and realize that the Psalms are meant to be sung, and that helps us learn them and uh, understand them. Um, and I can uh, attest personally that this project of yours, the Every Psalm Project, has helped uh, fill an incredible void that there seems to be uh, in Christian music and worship uh, with regards uh, to the Psalms. So uh, for those of us who are listening on this episode, 
Uh, tell tell our listeners about this this specific project. Mm-hmm. So every psalm is a project that we did start January first, twenty twenty, and every Wednesday we release. Um, a psalm, and we will fulfill this through all 150 psalms. Um, So we've got a couple years down the road, but it has been nothing but a delight and an honor and joy, and it's been purifying for Jesse and myself um, just to really set in the space of, like you said, um, going beyond some of the easier feelings to get my heart connected before the Lord, you know, how majestic is your name Mm. to Mm. going on to like, but what is man that you would even be mindful of him, the son of man that you would even take care of him Mm -hmm. to really set in those places and to sing, um, to, I think one of the earlier Psalms one through four, I'm pretty sure one of them is, uh, Like how long, how long, how long these emotions and these feelings that every human is acquainted with that sometimes feels like as a believer, can I, you know, it feels a little bit like, ah, I don't know if I can really get myself in that place before the Lord. Um, But the Psalm just gives us, the Psalms just have laid out a foundation of permission to bearing your heart and your soul in whatever season you are in bearing it completely to the Lord um, and resolving, but I will be joyful because you are faithful. Um, Yeah, it's been, it's been really beautiful for us. And I love the old Testament. I absolutely, I really, really like the old (laughs) Testament. And so it's just, it's just so, I don't know. The Psalms are all so beautiful. And I love singing them and listening to them, like I mentioned before, when I'm cooking. And then um, our two-year-old, he is wonderful. His name is Phineas. And uh, Jesse had him in the car one day and forgot, thought he forgot the diaper bag at the, t- at the store and was like, oh man, Phineas, I got to go back. And Phineas just started saying, I will fear not, I will fear not. Uh, which is, um, I'd been listening and working on Psalm 23. Like I will, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear. Um, and he just started singing it right away. And so it's been beautiful to just even see how our young children's ears are hearing it. And then in moments they're, they're speaking the word of God to us and, uh, keeping our heart in a right place before the Lord. My, my two-year-old little man was, was pastoring me. He was ministering yes. to me. And, go. and he, I was, was, he was declaring the word of the Lord. <laughs> yes. I was frustrated because I left that bag and I was like, we already made it to where we need to go to the next place. And I was like, Oh, you know, and he just spoke, you know, he, it's a, he it's a very serious thing when you leave the diaper bag behind, right? It's very, very serious. <laughs> but in moment, it was. In God's grace, it will all come together <laughs> in the end. And we're thankful to him uh, for, I love what you did with what we refer to as the Psalms of Lament, uh, mm-hmm. where David's pouring out his heart uh, to God um, in, in very real circumstances where He's been betrayed, where he's been let down, where he reveals his own sinfulness, uh, and he just pours out his heart to God um, 
when he's been wrongfully accused. Um, and I just, I love what you've done there because there seemed to me to be such a void uh, in the Christian music and, and, and not only all the psalms, but particularly those psalms of lament. Um, so mm-hmm. let me get this right. 150 psalms, um, 150 days or 150 episodes or, or songs you're going to sing. How do you pull that off? That's incredible. We're, we're faithful that the Lord will give them in good time. Um, we, we front load quite a bit. At least we have. Um, we really started recording them last July. Um, and we just particularly for this season when we're mostly gone from the house for all of Lent uh, and doing more live type ministry, um, experiential ministry stuff. Uh, we had to do that. And that's been, it's been really good. Uh, but we, it's, a, and it's amazing to how in certain times Leah will, will sit down and I think of Psalm 51, for example, which mm-hmm. is the, that's the best she one. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. up. Yeah. That one. Oh man, that one, like she first played that one for me. I was like, I was in tears. Mm-hmm. I cry like, every What? Yeah. You know, it's just like such mm-hmm. a, and the Psalm is so heavy. And he, he, you know, it's like, like you said, that lament of, I know what I've done, you know, that kind of thing. And she played it and I was like, oh man. So we went and recorded that one right away. Well, we, we're not fully to 51. Yet. <laughs> no, but, you know, and there's a gap in between. But we're just we're trusting that the Lord will 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 give them in, in, in the right time, and I'm sure that they will they will um, kind of shape and change, and even even what they look like in general. I, I mean, as the Lord does things in our lives, I'm sure that'll be influenced. But as long as we you know keep them focused on the scriptures, then I trust that they'll be good. Um, you know, I hope there's not too many duds in there. You know, mm-hmm. that people are like, oops, skip that one. But I haven't heard any yet. Word <laughs> of God. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about the Psalms. Just mention, if you would, the Golgotha Project. You know, we're coming up to um, Palm Sunday, uh, Holy Week, the journey to the cross. Just talk us through a little bit about that because we're hoping to connect with you on a, um, on a on a broader scale next week and we'll have some information for listeners about how we can do that. But just 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 talk about the Golgotha Project for us. Mm-hmm. So typically we do play it in a live setting, but unfortunately um, the Lord has prepared us for the circumstances this mm-hmm. year over the world. Um, and two years back, we did a, a live recording, um, but it, it, it starts out um, in the garden. Um, Jesus just praying, if there's another way, let it be, but let your will be done. Um, and so typically there, we, um, read the scripture first and then a song is presented based on the scripture. And then, um, during the song there, we have, um, books that will be available digitally, um, um, within those books, the scripture is there as well as another like reading meditation, which we suggest that happening at a different time. Um, just so that you can maximize the time listening to the live recording. So um, there's a live scripture and then there's meditation prayer prompts that are there. And so it goes scripture, song mixed in with the prayer. Um, and it goes from Jesus in the garden, being betrayed before Sanhedrin, all the way to being laid in the tomb. And, and, uh, typically when we share it live, uh, and it's based on the stages of the cross tradition, mm-hmm. um, the biblical stages of the cross, uh, not the, the, not the more traditional Catholic ones. 
uh, as many people ask, but the ones that are uh, scripturally based and um, it runs about an hour and, and we, uh, it, it all kind of flows straight in one song to the next. It doesn't stop the reader. Uh, if it's read, sometimes people just choose to have it, you know, people view the scriptures, whether that's on a screen or on the book. And sometimes a lot of times we like to have it read aloud. Um, so it just kind of goes back and forth, re, you know, reader song, reader song, and the whole time is, is meant to be a time of meditation on Jesus. There's this, mm-hmm. this massive sacrifice, this unbelievable journey that the man Jesus goes on uh, that we so often in church overlook for the resurrection because we, because Easter's the big day, you know, Easter's the big day. And rightfully so, of course, you know, triumph over death. Yes, absolutely. Um, But our goal with it originally was just that we Mm -hmm. would sit in a place uh, with the Lord for a minute. You know, it's like, let's just sit for a minute. Let's sit for one hour. Uh, in this place of sacrifice so that, so that Easter will be more beautiful Mm -hmm. so that it means more. Um, I think traditionally a lot more people uh, maybe encountered that and, and meditated on that side of things than we do now, but we, uh, that was really our, our goal. And we wrote it as a good Friday service for our collection of house churches in Kansas city. um, That the first year we did it uh, and we did it. And in that moment, it was kind of like, this is some, something's happening here. And I don't really know, you know, kind of what's going on. Um, but since then the, the, the other, the next church who asked us to come and do it was the Anglican church here in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, really supported and just yes. poured out blessings and said, you have to share this. You have to share this. You have to share this. So they were really influential in, in us just coming to, to doing what we do now, which is travel around the country and share it with thousands of people. And, um, you know, see God do crazy stuff in prisons and mm-hmm. um, colleges and little tiny towns. It, it, I'm beyond blessed to get to steward it for him. Well, Jesse and Leah, we're so grateful that you've given us some time today. Uh, you have been very generous to us. Uh, generous, firstly, uh, because you're sharing something of your own life and ministry uh, with Jesus. Uh, you're doing that uh, more corporately because you're making that available through worship and pointing us to Christ. Uh, through the singing of the Psalms. You've uh, talked to us uh, about the Golgotha Project. You've made your book available to us uh, as a PDF. Uh, We'll put more information about you and uh, Paul Bishop Hooper uh, and the Golgotha Project and every Psalm uh, in the um, show notes of this podcast. It's been absolutely fantastic uh, speaking with you. I am super hopeful that uh, you will become a very familiar name to not only congregations, but to members of all our churches right around the Anglican Diocese of the Living Word. We cover 17 states uh, and uh, people listen in online. And I really encourage those who are listening to engage uh, with Paul Bishop Hooper and, and, and worship Jesus as you do. It's, it's, it's incredible. So grateful to the two of you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Yeah, we're, we're honored to, to speak with you today. Well, uh, we're looking forward to engaging with you more. Uh, I'm Julian Dobbs, and this has been Living Through the Word. I commend you to God and to the word of His grace.